Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, this is Dr. Drew, and you are listening to This Life with Bob Foy and Dr. Drew. Here we are. Gentlemen, boys and girls, gather around the iPad, put the ear earbuds in your ears, and listen to another episode of This Life with Dr. Drew and Bob. How are you, buddy? I'm good. You're good? I'm good. I'm excited about our guest. We I are... thought I lived across the street from her, but apparently I didn't. One of the surrogates. <laughs> this is Marina Anderson. Now, Marina, Marina, I'm going to give just a brief, brief overview. She's a writer, producer, actor. She's been throughout all working in Hollywood for a while. But, but one of the things we're really talking about here is she uh, was married to actor David Carradine for six years, written a book about that. Is it just called David Carradine? David Carradine, The Eye of My Tornado. The Eye of My Tornado. The Eye of My Tornado. Yeah. And so David had a colorful the, the stuff we like talking about, you yeah. and I. Did you know that about him, Bob? Oh, yeah, for sure. So I lived across the street from him in 91, 92, 93. And on the other side of the, uh, the – so in one neighborhood, Drew, in three houses within six houses was – Ricky Rocket Rocket from Poison in his prime. Using. And David Carradine and me. Oh, and boy. And Gibby was living at my house. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> How did that whole block that burn down? <laughs> Those poor other neighbors. Oh, yeah. my God. I could imagine. <laughs> so, uh, but David had a long alcohol history, right? He did. And then yeah. that sort of settled down and other stuff kicked in. Yeah. Unbeknownst to me, until I talked to you, and it was like, "Oh my god!" Well, you started Tiffany. writing the book before you passed away, right? I actually started writing notes, and I had letters that I compiled, and I thought, oh, "I just, I'm not going to throw this away." And I had this like a stack of stuff, and then um, I was thinking of writing the book because I, I, it was more of a venting and a self help thing. Mm-hmm. And then when he passed away, I, I felt like I had more of a mission to cover certain territory. Was it a surprise when he died? I, it was just, it was a surprise. How he died, mm-hmm. which was um, well, they said auto erotic asphyxiation, which I I never I didn't buy that, um, um, which meant he would be by himself solo and um, like a suicidal thing. And I, well, it's not no. suicidal. They opiate addicts do it all the time. Yeah, all well, by time. by accident, by kind accident, of a thing. Yeah. And I, I just it, something just didn't ring true to me. Mm-hmm. So, so somebody um, was there with him, and they covered it up and left. That's what that's I probably, believe. That's yeah. what I thought too. Just so I, you know. I investigated. He, he was the whole tied thing. up in other ways too, right? Yeah, it wasn't logically like how could he tie the hands and front. But it was and in Thailand like that. or something. So they're not doing Bangkok, the most Thailand. due diligence. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? No, when it when it's autoerotic, it's usually bed or floor low, like a bedpost or a doorknob. Rope. The rope is like the like the robe, like your mm-hmm. robe. You know, clothing is sort of scant. That kind of stuff. It's not elaborate. Right. It's just very, very. You know, sort of. Eh, but he led yeah. a wild life, and he uh, he always walked the the line between. Yeah. He, he he defied rules and regulations and, and, and authority. Just so you know, you're talking about you know musicians living around him, and we we're all in awe of him. We'd watch him get in his little car, and we'd think like. 
Which car? There's Kung Fu. It's an old car, like an old vintage car. And we just look out our window like, there's Kung Fu. There's the dude from Kung Fu right there. And it carried this air of what I later learned once I got sober and started to become enlightened, an air of spirituality and mysticism and all this it's all just a junky hustle really <laughs> it really is yeah you know it's yeah. to cover up yeah. what that you haven't sealed healed your inner demons i did it too mm-hmm. eventually years later that you're that you're seeking solutions in these weird spiritual ways ignoring the fact that you're a trauma survivor you're an addict you manipulate people you're dishonest emotionally to people you're just covering all that up by meditating a lot right or, or right you know, is that, is that he, he wasn't one to meditate <laughs> <laughs> What no. was all the spiritual aura about That him? was his character, Kwai Chang Kane. <laughs> but he did it in real life. He, he did martial arts, but he wouldn't so sit there arts. and zen out and meditate. No, no, no. No, no but no. he carried an air about him of that. <laughs> well, that's what people perceived. I mean, it, that was No, but he d- walked not a certain him. way. And he, I remember watching him like, that dude is so cool. Well, it's probably because he was thinking, on LSD. I mean, was like, <laughs> that's the point. And, I remember. Yeah. So he's probably, what? how old was he in 1992? God, I have to do the calculation. He was born in thir- 1936, so... So he's 50... 36? He's, he's, he's 56. Yeah. So I'm 31, and he's 56, and I remember thinking, that's what I want to be like when I'm fucking old. Oh, boy. Right? Yeah. So he's a role model for the, the, the next the generation of train wrecks. <laughs> 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 what, what did you experience married to him? It was a roller coaster. Yeah. I, I mean, it was just high, low, high, low, and then once in a while a nice plateau of, oh, this is great, and then pff, chaos would hit. Was he a depressed type? He, he would get kind of morose moods. It, it was hard to get him excited about something, and then he would go kind of manic and like super excited about something. Hmm. Um, it, it was he hit the self destruct button a lot, and it was hard to to manage. Sounds like he's using it the whole time. He might have been. I, I know that while the time we were together, he did get off of the alcohol, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, but to get it off of it cold turkey like he did, he couldn't do that when we were living in Canada. But when we were together, he did. And, and later I thought, oh, well, that's great motivation. And he just did it. And But I put together later that he was probably taking the edge off with some painkillers and stuff because they were always around. We always had various oh, plastic surgeries going on and dental stuff and he had the um, the painkillers oh if they're around they're do, being used did for he sure, do constantly. LSD a lot uh, not when we were together at all uh, oh, okay. he was at nothing like that no that was like during Kung Fu he said he would okay. lace his his you know Coca-Cola or something with a little LSD Take when LSD he was doing the show filming Mm. I mean, just as an addict, that is pretty badass. Mm. I'm sorry. You like that, huh? I admire that. <laughs> it's a little low-dose LSD. Wow. A microdose, it's called yeah. nowadays. Well, his- He's prescribing microdoses <laughs> to people. I'm not prescribing just by, I'm exploring just, it. He's exploring, exploring it. But- Goodness. Yeah, the, the, the trip, you know, Laurel Canyon, that infamous thing that was in the news, and he was on LSD, and you know, he took mushrooms and things like that. That was part of his lifestyle. But when we were together, no, that was, no, none of that. Mm. And well, the opiates are very, very serious. I mean, that's a big problem. But he's one of the yeah, only no, second-generation show business people to have independent success from his father, away from. You know, and I always mm-hmm. admired that, too, because, you know, most second-generation show business people are train wrecks. He was still successful and a yes. train wreck. <laughs> 
right? a semi train wreck at at particular times. I mean, for in general, I wouldn't call him a train wreck. What, um, what was? It? I don't classify him as a train wreck at all. Actually, well, um, he's a hurricane. He's a tornado. He tornado. was. He 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 loved the challenge. He loved to see you know people react to what he was doing and um, give an example. He found fun in Give it. an example. Oh goodness, I it's hard for me to think of an with example. With a movie right now. executive, give an example. With a movie executive, yeah. did he fuck with them? Uh, well, he told me when he with the, when he got the role for Kung Fu, they they asked him to do something, and he said no fucking way, and he started to walk out the door and. Evidently, he got the role, but I don't know if that's really true or if he just was just, you know, exaggerating on something. But I thought, well, it sounds like him. I'll, I'll believe that one. <laughs> so who would he cause the the tornado stuff The people with? around him, me. I mean, it was just he, he didn't want to take responsibility for most anything. I made the phone calls. I mean, people, you know, just, it was the hurricane. It was the tornado around him. And would and he, he yell would just, at you for not doing it right or not something? Not so much yell, but he was kind of passive aggressive. You know, he just wouldn't do it. And I said, well, if you don't make the phone call, you know, we're not going to get this and, and this leads to that and that. And then I would have to do everything. We call that an enabling. Yes, I was when definitely you, an enabler. Step in and, and, yes. and, the, and the hurricane we call, the tornado, we call a vortex. That's, every, yeah, that's what it felt every like. Every attic has yeah. enablers and every attic causes a vortex. And everyone gets sucked into it. Yep. And I felt myself burning out. And, yeah. and it finally got to a point where... Sounds like full-blown opiate addiction. Hmm. Sounds like it was really, really going. Yeah. Uh, well, there were times, and, and I wrote about this when I talked to you, um, I couldn't wake him up. He would he would sleep through people pounding on the door, phone calls, alarm clocks, um, and that's just Xanax. other various things. That's, that's, just that's didn't benzos. Make sense. Benzo were the benzodiazepines around? Xanax, Valium, Ambien, Lanesta. That we had Valium. Um, okay, well, yeah. that's that, that with the opiate had, is a life threatening combination. Oh, so he was in danger all the time. Goodness. But the Valium... Yeah. Percocets, I remember, um, uh, Vicodin, for various surgeries and stuff. So we had that. But I never thought of going to the cabin and counting any of it. Or Would anything. he wake yeah. up at night and take another <clears throat> sleeping pill because he couldn't get back? He had to get back to sleep? I never saw him take any, any pills unless we, we had, a, you know, he had a dental problem or something. And it was... How do you go to sleep? He would just stay up until like five in the morning and I'd be asleep and then he would eventually uh, go to bed. So I... That's drugs. Wouldn't see anything, say so. That's 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 drug addict stuff. Yeah, <laughs> full on. Yeah, so so he was in trouble. He was in trouble, and he died. How long after you left? Uh, well, we we separated in two thousand one, and he passed away in two thousand nine. So it's pretty good that he made it that long. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. in that kind of trouble. But he went back to the drinking within, I say, three months after we separated. Mm. So he was full on into the drinking. That that's I know better. Of. That's better, but he probably. But in order to compensate for the opiates, he probably had to take a lot of alcohol. Was it way? It up sounded yeah. like it from reports, and and I, I we ran into each other a couple of times, and I could smell alcohol on his breath. Yeah. So and and, it, it was sad to me. Um, you know, oh, it's very sad. Is sad, sad that he went back to that. Uh, for uh, us, it's that's better. I mean, it's less uh, less imminently dangerous. But, yeah, but, but I don't know what else he but was. But to get on. the same, once they graduate to opiates, to get the same replacement with the alcohol, it has to, it's way up here. The alcohol needs a lot more. Unless you just integrate them. Well, use them together. Yeah, you can use them together. The but, sleeping huh. thing just makes me suspicious. The typical thing is somebody's a, takes benzodiazepine to go to sleep. Eventually, after six months of that working, you'll wake up and the the addict in you will say, just take another Valium. And that's why then you would sleep through anything. 
because you have this buildup of benzodiazepine in your system, at least two. two he probably would do that at five in the morning. That's probably when he'd get, get going with it. Take it during the night and then yeah. take the final dose and of then, 5A. And then at 8 in the morning when you're trying to wake him up for call, he's oh, he not going to answer. Oh, he so pissed off at me. And it's like, no, you, we have an, you have an interview at 11 o'clock. We've got to get going. And he would just, he, boy, that's, yeah, he would start screaming and then. <laughs> Terrible. It was bad. Now, the asphyxiation stuff, no, that's all opiate addicts do that. Uh, the, that's that's the only way they can feel satisfaction oh. is with that. Well, that that was from the beginning. I mean, I knew that was what he was. Ex- I thought experimenting with, and but I didn't know it was his meat and potatoes kind of a. Well, yeah, because they just don't so. feel they just don't feel satisfaction with uh, the the opiates. Prevent that, so they have to they have to go. And even when they come off the opiates, oftentimes they still gravitate to that. For, to, so the ante keeps going up and up and up. It's not that they they can't feel it. Oh, they literally don't feel satisfied. Don't feel the normal. There's some of it is when they're off the drugs, it's need, need that high. But a lot of it is they just don't, don't feel the reward. Don't feel the satisfaction. Oh, the opiates screw that all up. So it's Most tough. Of the time, uh, yeah. But here's the strange thing: most opiates just don't have sex, right? They just don't. So he the pill, was he pill taking, addicts do the pill addicts do. You're talking about no, the real. D- d- no, David. David was definitely always that, sex. Always. Yeah, always. It was. If you joked about like every 20 seconds, he said they, men think about sex every 20 seconds, and he. That's pretty much uh, really that's, what that he, was his yeah, schedule. Yeah. Yeah. He. he what are he you thinking? Definitely not. Well, the not, opiates not would it. reduce that. Yeah, maybe some some of the pills. Sometimes not so much though. You're thinking of shooting heroin. That, no, that really takes no, care of it. No, I'm talking about the kids. I, I deal with oxycodone kids. They've been oxycontin since they were 16. They've never had sex. Yeah. The, the drugs are the sex. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Right? So he maybe wasn't that pronounced, but I'm suspecting there was stimulants, there was Viagra, there was all kinds of stuff. It just His stimulant like, really was espresso. Yeah. Oh. I mean, mega. How, how like, much? A lot. Oh, Yeah. Triple, quadruples, it's espresso. There you go. And then it's that'll, Coca-Cola. I'll I'll keep you. I'll get you motivated. Plus, you got to pee a lot and whatever. And the Coca-Cola. <laughs> no, I'm trying to put this picture together because <laughs> what you're describing, I suspected, but but also this kind of seeking of some sort of solution. And what I'm getting from you is he was kind of unaware that any of this was abnormal. To, to, yeah, I, there, no, there wasn't anything abnormal well, that he thought about it at all. It's a very, very high level of narcissism. It's ab, right? it's well, ab- in, including the incest. I mean, he didn't think that was abnormal at all either. Right. So. He was sexually abused. That's where the sex addiction comes so from. So he left in 2001, right? Right. So he had a niece, Martha, right? I believe. His niece is Martha, yeah. yeah. Her boyfriend died of a drug overdose in 1993. He didn't register with him. Hey, drugs might be dangerous <laughs> or bad. What was his take? You know, what did he ever say about River and Martha and all that? Uh, just that it was a, a tragedy. I mean, well, he didn't they comment. Did, they on... didn't know how to use. You know what I mean? That's that's how a good narcissistic drug addict thinks, yeah. right? <laughs> the second like alcoholics, they know she how to drink. She doesn't like when we criticize him, right? But that's I'm the just way saying, it was. Wondered... That's the way it was. It's, it's just I I'm countering because it that didn't. Apply to him. It didn't. Nothing applied to him. No, he was just very sympathetic to what she went through and, and to the death of a, of a young, talented person. Yeah, basically. but he didn't relate it that that th- there was never an idea like I'm susceptible to something like no. that. Never, never. Mm-mm. 
That's pretty yeah. compartmentalized or a pretty good actor. Well, no, compartmentalized because he compartmentalized the sexual abuse too, right? So he was severely sexually abused, done. Narcissism on top of that. Well, feelings. He, he perpetrated the incest too. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh-oh. That's like Mackenzie. In terms of with her dad? Yeah. She, what do you mean perpetrated the incest? What does that mean? He had sex with a family member. Oof. And I, in the book, I talk about it, but I don't reveal who or the gender no, or anything he was, to protect the person. How old was, was he when that happened? But that had a profound um, impact on our relationship oh God, and the marriage yes. throughout the whole thing. How Although was, I knew in the beginning, I mean, I knew him in the beginning, but I thought that was part of my healing journey. How old was he when he did that? Because I was abused by my uncle. Um, so that's why you're attracted to somebody like that. Well, I was. <laughs> yeah, that's why you were attracted. It yes. breaks the cycle. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But so he was abused as a kid, and then he abused. He abused. Yeah. Okay. That's some rough stuff. That is. You know, Mackenzie came to me when she was had written her book. Mackenzie she was Phillips. on our yes, show. I, I've met her several you, times. I'm sure and you, we've talked sure, intensely, right? yes. I told her, are you ready for what's about to happen to you? Because this is going to make so many people so angry. They're mm-hmm. going to attack you. They're going to blame you. They're going to make you the sick one, not your father. Mm. Right. And and she said, no, no, they won't. Oh, it's going to be with Oprah. Yeah. And I was like, uh, I don't give a fuck. By my what writing about Oprah. it, I got. Mm. Oh yeah, you're going to get. Not so much by the major public, but by certain family. people. Family, mm. right? It was not. It's rough. Yeah. Oh, I, I actually, I uh, the family didn't directly react to me. I'm I have yet to talk to them about it. <laughs> Actually. No, they don't usually talk in but, these but days. But they're not talking to me, so I, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing. You know. There's a lot of idealization of people that fit these kinds of profiles. So, so you either, you, you know, and again, there, I imagine there's within the family. May I say, none of well, us want to believe this shit, and we right. don't want to talk See, about it. See, that's the thing. Right, and, imagine and, if you're in the family. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, well, it's you put the person worse. on a pedestal, yeah. and you don't want to see the person fall off the pedestal. That's right. But he... He's a person. He's a human being. We all right. have our faults and everything, and that was one of the things that he had a darkness. And uh, I thought I could work on it with him, but I wanted to fix it. And I learned I can't fix everybody or everything. I got to work on myself. Right. So um, it, it was a part of the the package, and they accepted him the way he was because there are definitely certain people who who knew, and that, so that he was a perpetrator. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. And did he? Do we know did he perpetrate him against non-family members? Pardon? Did he perpetrate on non-family members? Not that I'm aware of. You know? Not that I'm aware. That's of. very heavy stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, and it goes on all the time. Right. It goes on in El Monte and Whittier and and Calexico, all across the United States. And people are still and nobody to step wants forward. to talk about it. Nobody about wants to talk people. about it. Right. You, I've been talking about it for thirty years. What are you talking but about? But the the and you get crucified for talking about it a lot of times. I, People you get, don't want to hear about it, though it's prevalent in our society. Talking about sexual abuse of yeah, children. Yeah, sexual abuse of we, children. We went through an epidemic of it, and now it's settling down a little bit. I think it's an epidemic now, and we don't even know the magnitude of well, it. Well, if that's true, we got bigger problems than, than I think. Because I feel like the awareness – because when I used to talk in the 90s, when it was really out of control, and, and it was really bad – 80s, 90s, particularly, I'd say, and then there was a lot of child on child perpetration because the children were so free, you know, so affected Hyper, by the adults yeah. and hypersexual, and then, and then this thing was just thing was roaring out of control. And then I remember when I would talk about it, people would go, "Oh, that's always happened. We're just more aware of it now." It's like, no, it's happening yeah. at an extraordinary rate. And I think the 70s is where it 
blew up. That's because, hey, man, whatever you're into, well, that's what I'm into. The free love yeah, thing. Yeah, that's going. where that's where yeah. it got going. Mm-hmm. And well, I think it took a poster child for that, right? He was supposed to child was, for what? He believed in that free love. The free and love? Hippie, hippies. He, he never put it that way, but, but David was pretty loosey-goosey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just got the sense. I mean, it was, a lot of it's in his autobiography. So yeah. he wrote about a lot of it. So yeah. um, I think it's just a natural thing for people not to want to – they don't want to believe the, the, the bad about somebody, especially if they respect them or love them or something. It's what just if a you natural understand, What if we stop labeling it bad and just start to understand that uh, there is abuse – it it traumatizes the the people involved, right? And it leads to what I'm always sometimes it can lead to to perpetration. Yes, all the time it leads to addiction, eating disorders, suicide. Yeah, yeah. always. Yeah, you can't abuse a child and expect they just lived happily no, ever after. No, that you know what happens. I mean? Well, I in, in my case, with my as you put it, my my uncle a molestation was a, a sexual abuse light. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, therefore, I, I I had anger management problem in a way, but I didn't know it, and I didn't really exp- express right. it. Right, so you, you things. get what's called emotional affect dysregulation. So the kids that are sexual abused get dysregulated, and they start to act out in their relationships by either becoming the perp or becoming, uh, you know, going after perps. They become attracted to people well, that in was it was yeah. that mysterious darkness about yeah. David that it was like, ooh, what's that? Yeah. Dive into it. And, and, so, and because we are perfect instruments, our, our emotional landscapes, that if you're attracted, you know that's that guy. If, right. If you feel lightning bolts, it's that guy. Because that's what gets wired into your head after the abuse. And, and it's from my consultation with you when I said that epiphany. Mm-hmm. Now it's like I can sense that and it's, not being attracted to it, I am now revolted by it. Oh, good. I am, it's like, boing. Yeah, you know? good. Well, that's yeah, good. Yeah, So that's a major, major. That's uh, a big change. Change for me. Yeah. Yes. Good for you. Yes. So thank you for that. No, it usually doesn't happen with just awareness. Usually you have to kind of really, you usually kind of stays, actually. You just you have, usually have to just go, oh, I'm aware I'm attracted. I'm aware what that means. Mm-hmm. I got to go for somebody less exciting. Right. Because what that means is that guy's. Danger, danger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Warning. So. What I'm always hoping that we can do, because why do we write these books? Why do we talk about this stuff? Is to educate and help people become aware. So when you identify that your young daughter, tweener, teen, was sexually abused, you need to be educated on what is to come. What are the signs and symptoms to come? What are the the proper treatments right. and therapies the tools instead of do. ignoring it. Well, That's people do. People don't want to don't want don't to think about it. They just close it down. Like, that did not happen. Let's never... She's ben fine. Done, well, she's ben, fine. Well, a lot of people nowadays are doing... They'll sit down and talk with the girl and and have a two-hour conversation and... She's fine. And she's fine. <laughs> and then been there, done that. Oh, no, we talked with her. It's all fine. And we're, you know... Well, and, instead of concrete ideas of how what to expect the problem you can always expect addiction in my opinion oh yeah the problem also though is that oftentimes the women that have children that are sexually abused it that woman herself had been sexually abused and she often brings the guy in that is the perpetrator because remember she's attracted right those kinds of guys and the fact that that's happened again is so shattering 
And to, that's to why that I think kind it's predominant. They just, poof, they just close it that's down. That's why I think it's well, more predominant now. Okay, so you have multiple levels, multiple families, yeah. divorces and divorces yeah, yeah. and children who aren't related to each other, growing up together yeah. as siblings. All this kind of stuff, I think it's going on a lot more. You're talking about the 70s, 80s, and 90s in Los Angeles and yeah. New York and San Francisco. Yeah. I'm talking about 2018 in, in Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah, maybe. I think a lot of times also people don't know how to emotionally deal with it. I, in, in my case, I complained to my parents about my uncle. Oh my and what did they say? Well, I said, oh, well, we'll talk to Uncle Al. And then he would it's still corner pal, me. Yeah. Uncle Al. And, yeah, he <laughs> corner me and stuff. And then finally, it was oh like, I figured, because it was my dad's brother, uh, my mom finally stepped in and um, supposedly had to talk with him. And he cornered me. He said, you tattled on me. And now now I'm pissed at you. And and I was just like, I was I was terrified. And I was finally at an age then when I could just not be around when Uncle Al was there. So pe- fast forward years later, talking to my mother again about it, and she felt horribly guilty that she could not get him to stop or they didn't ostracize him from mm-hmm. the house. Mm-hmm. She didn't know how to deal with it, and she mm-hmm. she felt horrible about that. But we, we had a, a healing. I mean, we, we talked about it, and not just that one time, several times, and it was really difficult for she. her to, yeah. Had she been abused? She never told me she was abused. Um, um, I think uh, there was uh, her brother who like threatened her at some point or something, and she did talk about that, mm. but not that he actually did anything. What did he threaten her with? Um, well, I could f you if I wanted to, kind of a. That's not. That is. Yeah, that well, is a power. That is sexual. Pa- yes, that is power. a form of sexual abuse. Well, there, see, a, yeah, I mean, most people wouldn't think that it is. It just has to be a. I mean, no. certainly the Me Too movement would not <clears throat> miss that one. Yes. You know what I'm saying? That, yes. that's, and they're pretty astute to these things. Right. And I, I think she had PTSD. I have severe yeah. PTSD. From, from Al or from other stuff? No. I, I, actually, I don't think it was from that. No, it was from, from something that was published about me oh when my. I was with David. And oh. it was horrible. And, and I just, from that moment on, it was just, yeah, not the same. Oh, my, yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, so, now that's the world we live in where everybody gets attacked Every day. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, we we did something about it legally, and but it, it did damage to me. So, um, I, yeah, I go into kind of depressions and things like mm. that, and the self worth kind of creeps up every once in a while. And that stinks. Do you have an opinion about the mob, the way it behaves these days, and what we should do about it? The mob, the the, the social Italian media mob, mob. What are we the social about? media oh, the media mob, mob. <laughs> that, that's just destroying people's lives and careers every day. Oh, it's just like it's out of hand. I mean, with the internet, you you, you have no control. Yeah. And that's it's a big problem. It's a big. People, I, you know, I do publicity people, for people. I mean, it's it's people it's, just get some just casual accusations ruin people's lives. Right, right, and, and it's so there's no checks or balances with it. They just take a, a thought or a rumor and they and they run with it, and it's out there forever on the internet. Well, and there's no getting think, that back, I think, really. I think the traditional media has a responsibility, and this is what I don't. They like. do have a responsibility, that, but they, but they, they don't, don't they take are, it. They are they are just I don't want to. There's, there's too much money and attention and publicity well, that they, they want. they report Twitter. Right right now, I'm a big basketball fan. LeBron James is going to announce whether he stays in Cleveland or leaves and comes to L.A. He's coming to L.A. He's coming to L.A. is what <laughs> Drew says, right? So at this point, he's brought a championship to Cleveland. There's not many people in Cleveland are going to be that upset about it. They expect it. They see it coming. It happened the first time it hurt. He came back changed the city's landscape, and he wants to win. I think most Cleveland... 
Ohioans are going to be cool with it. But a handful or a thousand or 2,000 are not going to be. And they're going to burn his jerseys and they're going to yeah. be upset again. Yeah. And the media is going to report that. Oh, yeah. Millions oh, of Ohioans are cool with LeBron yeah. trying to chase a championship in yeah. L.A. But 2,000 of them, yeah. they never accurately no, they never, they never portray what it is. It's, they glam on to the negativity Always. of things. And it takes 10 times the energy to overcome that or to turn that around in a positive way. And that's what I tried to do when David passed away. It was just all this negative stuff, and I was trying to do some press to divert. Yeah, he, he provided a lot of great stuff. Yes, a lot of great performances exactly. that really changed people's As a big lives. fan exactly. and a neighbor, you want to know my take when I heard about it and what had happened. Hold on. Described. Give it after the break. Be right okay. back. All right. It's summer, and dehydration is a very common problem. Even if you don't even realize it, whether you're exercising or lying on the beach, you can get dehydrated very, very easily. And the proper way to stay hydrated is with adequate balance of sodium, glucose, and water. Hydrolyte does this better than any sports drink and certainly better than water alone. Understand, water is just water. It doesn't have these solute products in it. Hydrolyte, in fact, is the best oral rehydration I've ever seen. It comes in great flavors like orange, berry, and lemonade, available in a pre-mixed drink, a powder. I like the effervescent tablets. I wanted to invent that myself before Hydrolyte came around. They got there first. Compared to sports drinks, Hydrolyte delivers up to four times the electrolytes with 75% less sugar. Hydrolyte solutions are appropriate for all ages, and each bottle or package includes easy-to-follow dosing instructions. You can get Hydrolyte at Rite Aid or at Hydrolyte.com, H-Y-D-R-A-L-Y-T-E, Hydrolyte.com slash D-R-D-R-E-W. And for a limited time, our listeners will save 30% of Hydrolyte. It's a great deal. Just click the banner on our website. Use the code D-R-D-R-E-W-18 at checkout. That is Hydrolyte.com slash Dr. Drew, and use the code Dr. Drew18 at checkout. Hydrolyte. We are back. We're with Marina Anderson. Give us the take, Bob. Okay, so I was a big fan. Of course, grew up with Kung Fu. Then he lives across the street from me. I'm watching out my window to see him walk to <laughs> we, his car. We've heard your, right? we've heard so, your word stalker, so, baby. <laughs> and then I hear this weird Thailand death thing. And I was just like, ah, that's a shame. Yeah. Because he was a great man. And it's just an embarrassing kind of... You know, right? It was embarrassing. It was just embarrassing, and it's just such a shame, yeah. right? And I think millions of people felt that way. But you heard from the two thousand people that wanted to degrade somebody, and you know what mm-hmm. I mean. And 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 I, I just—it's so awful our culture. What it yes. does, it, it is. Yes. I when I investigated, I, I talked to the Thailand police. I talked to their coroner. I got the autopsy report, and the things in there, I do not believe he was by himself i don't believe it was autoerotic i believe someone else was there with him yeah but but the the kicker for me is i think it was intentional oh, like because of what was in the autopsy report and yeah. a certain bone was broken and what and that's done with a lot of force was the hyoid broken i believe that's what it was i'll or have was to look larynx? at it the not the larynx the, no the it was some other bone. bone in there yeah so you think somebody karate guy some weirdo people killed him I, that's one of my theories, you know, uh, motivation. I never I, thought of robbery. Could have just been robbery. Could right? have been. I mean, just, just, just doing it uh, in, forcefully enough that you kill the guy and rob him. It's Thailand. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, right. uh, even though that's kind of what he was into, the strangulation sort of scenario. Um, yeah, but you bring but, a criminal in, like a prostitute or whatever. And, right. And you know, just. In another country. And this guy. Right. What do they get to lose? And right. the surveillance footage will, will never be surface because it's the file is closed now in Thailand and that's it done. Mm. 
Well, we'll we will never know. That's sad. So yeah, I was it very was just, upset about that. Yeah. You know, um, even a, con- a contemporary of his, and I don't know if you knew Hunter, but Hunter S. Thompson, even his thing was just sad. Like he was sick and he sh- shot himself in the head or something, and just that the, that that generation of outlaws ended this kind Rebel, of weird outlaw. Yeah, uh, yeah, and then and David uh, was. Uh, and he was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Dennis Hopper ended up like right. his family fighting over his paintings. Peter Fonda's been it's behaving just, strangely lately. Huh? Peter Fonda's been tra- behaving yeah. strangely lately. Yeah, what the hell was that about? It seemed like a-, <laughs> a little drunk on the morning news. Yeah. <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? All these titans that really brought a lot of great stuff and did a lot of great things mm-hmm. to just in the end that outlaw thing doesn't have a pretty ending is what i've learned yeah. from that right yeah there's That's no right. but still for him to be labeled in the press with that i just thought was just so wrong and inaccurate and um yeah because it gets lost in the shuffle is all his wonderful work and everything and um especially if when i think that he was on purpose and we can't get an investigation to get that information that's the, it feels a so, sense of lack of justice yeah, yeah. exactly lack well, of well don't feel like yeah. it's thailand so a friend of mine was murdered here in the 80s i was just on this show uh my favorite murder or whatever podcast a friend of mine got murdered in 81 i'm so sorry we all kind of knew who did it but it's a tight-knit punk rock community that's kind of scared of each other now the guy that we thought did it died so they're doing this 10-part podcast series about it, and i was on it yesterday and the L.A. Police Department, I because I, I said, well, how come the police didn't interview David Jove, this guy that we all thought killed him? He goes, well, um, and he had the police report. In the police report, they found two days later a black guy who had fallen off the roof of a building and said, this is probably the guy who killed the guy in the oh other lot because it was a black guy in the neighborhood burglarizing. Oh so even if it happened in L.A., you might get the same police work <laughs> that you got in Thailand. Terrible. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. They're just incompetent. Or is it, it's I think they're like, on overload. Yeah, they're with, too busy. The they just, they, yeah. They just do it. Just sweep it over here. Yeah. But I, I'm wondering, do you feel like we've learned, you could teach mm. somebody something from David's life and your relationship with him? Uh, I hope you, so. With what I wrote in the book, I hope yeah. so. From what I, I went through, um, it, you know, I learned a lot about myself with the sense that I cannot fix someone um, even with the alcohol, they say, oh, you got him off alcohol. No, I didn't. I provided a motivation or some more motivation for him to do that. But you you can't force someone to do something no. they don't want to do. No. And that was a, a big learning curve for me. So if anything, to take away from, from the book or anything, that would be a gem for people to get from Do you it. talk about how he compartmentalized his stuff? Again, I'm thinking about all the I dark. don't because I I didn't really we're talking about that here. I went, "Oh, interesting. I didn't well, you, think you, about that." You had a, I remember talking to you about his narcissism, which yeah. is a, which is a way of staying way and above all that. Yeah. You know, just rules like, don't apply. I'm a bigger than right. life. Rules, right. don't, rules apply. don't apply. Rules didn't apply Feelings to him. don't apply in many circumstances. I'm mm-hmm. way up here with all kinds of... No, he was in his own world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, de- definitely. But he was a part of a whole generation that thought like that. That generation of the 70s that you don't like so much. Defy authority. It's, right. you know, the rebelness. Well, it's yeah, funny. Totally. It's, it's funny. I'm, I'm laughing at myself for a second here because I'm just thinking to myself, yeah, Bob's right. Why don't I... I don't feel that way right now. I thought, oh my God, the reason I don't feel that negative right now is that whole Defy Authority group 
was really trying to cast off the yoke of a previous generation and establish. They had freedom, the establishment, and f- but freedom was their priority, and I kind of admire right. that now because now tolerance is the priority, and there's now intolerance in the name of tolerance. Yeah, you have, we will force you to be tolerant. That's the opposite of freedom, right. and so I'm much more sympathetic to. Your characters now, the guys you like. Isn't well, that funny? Yeah. I, just, I was thinking, I don't think, why don't you? Because I grew up idolizing them, right? I grew. I was born in 61. I was that prime demographic of Led Zeppelin and Kung uh, Fu. and Led and, Zeppelin I got issues with. <laughs> <laughs> the way they treated women, they should be extradited, put in prison. I, that's a, that's a different thing. Well... So, anyways, you see, I knew I'd stir him up somehow. I was Led Zeppelin, goody two shoes, and what I got, I got from David was like, "Yeah, I'm going to defy authority again. Why should I just walk that line?" Well, he gets and to act it out on your behalf, you, you, because you're the goody two shoes. You don't yeah. get to do that. He does it for he does, you. Yeah. But yeah. I, 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 but I learned to, to do more of it in on your, on your yes, on my own behalf. It's fun, yeah. but it was fun, right? If you've totally. been doing everything the right way, like uh, example, like. I have this friend that's kind of like that, and he does. It, the world doesn't really exist to him. He just goes where he's supposed to go, and nobody stops him because he's got power and money or whatever. Yeah. It's this guy in Las Vegas. He just walks right to the front. There can be eight people waiting in a restaurant. He'll walk right to the front and just start walking to an open table. Like there are Sounds no like rules. <laughs> that's the point. That's right. the point. Yeah. There are no rules. It's evocative to be around people that are that. Yeah, it's fun. That, However. Around his, I call it peers. I mean, you know, major A-list stars. He was so intimidated and felt not worthy and not. Well, a because part that's of that. that's always underneath the narcissism. And so mm-hmm. if he can't keep the narcissistic bubble pumped up, something pierces it uh, all the way down. Wow! And so the bigger the people that he really thought had stature made mm-hmm. him feel down. Mm-hmm. It pierced mm-hmm. the bubble a little bit. Wow, yeah, it was a, a definite lack of That's self-worth. What was his relationship with his dad? Well, I, I, asked him, I asked it? him once, I said, how did you resolve your issues with your father? He said he died. Oh, boy. So, <laughs> his dad seemed like a hard ass. Yeah. Well, I've, dysfunctional, I mean, still alcohol. The, the ca- um, still the Guinness Book of World Records for most movie appearances, I believe, really? his dad. Could be. I, I just, honestly, I did not really ever hear really great things Did about he beat the him? father. No, he never told me that he beat him. I think it was um, rather of emotional absence and neglect yeah. and because yeah. um, he went off and left the boys. And actually, David acted kind of like the father figure for the brothers. Mm. So I did uh, hear that. So, in fact, I talked to him once, David, and I think about it. I interviewed him on radio, I think. Could be. That subject came up. Probably somehow. over Kill Bill or something. Something I can't remember now, but I, I've forgotten that. Yeah, I think I did talk to him once, and that he was the glue that held yeah, the, he the did brothers talk about together. That. Yeah, I mean they're all still tight now, but I mean David was really yeah that father figure. So you grew up. The father around, really wasn't. You, present you were in for the that. center of the tornado, and yeah. you grew up in this town, and you see this town mm-hmm. and whatever. And there's something happening right now in this outlaw culture, the last outlaw culture in Hollywood, which is who's that? Which is Quentin Tarantino, and they're making a movie about the Manson family. Mm. And I don't mm. think we need a movie about the Manson family. Ooh. Do you know this? Well, I'll tell you. The, you Leonardo's I, in I it. Everybody's it. Oh. in it. The, the only reason I, I think it might be of use is if they talk about how people get hoodwinked by horrible people. I would expect like, Quentin like, would have a component like, like, of that. Like, let's get the, the, the Beach Boy story. To me, that, that house when the Beach Boys are hanging yeah, out yeah. there. That part of the story... Would be it's that would be interesting. That'd be an important part to tell. 
And I've told you that story. My mom was there. Terry Melcher, his name was. Terry Melcher um, was a producer. He's Doris right. Day's son. Yep. He was a record producer of the Beach Boys. Beach, Dennis Wilson comes to him and goes, I got the greatest guy, right? And everybody's hippies and love and girls. But, and, but that's mm-hmm. the part And that- Terry Melcher, who was pretty sharp, intuitive, normal person to a certain extent, not on crazy drugs like Dennis Wilson, thought, I don't know about this guy. Yeah. Right? Terry Melcher went so far as to move out of his house that he knew Manson knew where he lived. That's the cello drive house. That's right. why Manson yes, killed Roman Plant yeah. Yeah. Sharon Tate. Yeah. It was Terry Melcher was so smart, like I don't want him to know where I live. But but that's I, crazy. I, but I want to I that's would scary. like to And hope they're gonna they, make a movie about this? What but I hope to portray the, the bullshit that people sort of laid on, on top of Manson. In other words, all the people... I'll do took- you one better. What, what you're trying to say is there are followers of a certain president. Who no, there's are- followers of all kinds of things now, including the mob, the mob on social media. I would argue they do the same damn thing. They, they decide something is a certain way, and mm. that's just the way it is, no matter how distorted their beliefs are. That's what I want the exploration to be. That there's distorted not beliefs. individual co- co- you know, kind of... Uh, autonomy. Autonomy yes. and thinking, yes. like, I don't know about this. Yes. Terry Melcher had that. Mm. As opposed right? to deluding yourself, yeah, man, we got to get... But those this traumatized is- girls didn't have that. <laughs> right. Right? Right. And Manson manipulated all that. I think we're getting manipulated by more Mansons all the time. If he can somehow, but I just I don't know that we need another movie about Charles Manson. Yeah, I think it glorifies. Well, it's so disturbing. It's it. You know, I'm sure Tarantino will do an incredible job, but it's the subject is just so disturbing. Hey, we have <laughs> so. a couple. Of, we have a couple of, of emails. I got to get to you, Mike. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, a friend looking for an alternative to Alcoholics Anonymous. They don't like the higher power thing. Smart recovery. Smart recovery. We're both support. There's yeah, all, I, actually women's programs now that are uh, mutually. Not rational recovery or moderation. No, recovery. not moderation. Smart. Recovery, Smart, it's but, but even rational recovery, you know, if you want to look into it, I mean, they're I'm, more angry at rational recovery. God, I mean, now I'm going to get crucified but, but, by the rational recovery. <laughs> but to be fair, the higher, if, if they're objecting to the higher, you can't win. If they're objecting to a concept that there's something bigger than themselves in the world, that's somebody who may not be ready for sobriety yet. Uh, let's see, reaching out, uh, attempt to get into rehab, but I've been having trouble. Reach out to many places, no luck. My drug of choice is opiates. Since age 13, I'm now 29. Where, so, where are they at? Or, it it does it? not say, and it's uh, – I can't – it's a female, it looks like. It's very difficult. You're going to – I mean, you know, this is, gets back to the question of harm avoidance versus not. I mean, would it be okay to get her on Suboxone, get her detox? Probably already is. Yeah. Probably. I, I don't think you could be an opiate addict in America and not be offered harm reduction by now. How about go to an NA meeting and just raise your hand and say, is there, where is there good help nearby? Yeah, or you can go to the social services department. You can call the health and human services department. Departmental health. Yeah. Yep. Uh, children's father is suffering from mental illness. He went to rehab a couple weeks ago, walked away from his job, home, everything. I don't know what to do. Everyone has disowned him. Oh, need more information. Uh, she, Keep how do your we get children safe? You, you said he went to treatment, went to rehab, so she should contact the treatment, find his treating professional, and report what's going on. Because they're actually still responsible for him. So yeah, and you got to keep the children safe. I think that that we've made it so acceptable that drug addicts are human beings and they need to be treated with dignity. Mm-hmm. Not no, children come first, and they mention that there's children in the home, right? In that, yep. 
Hmm. Yeah, you got to keep your kids safe. You can't have a guy right. taking oh, drugs yeah. and drunk oh, yeah. and running around and causing more trauma to his kids. Do you understand, Drew? Yes. I, I, but, yeah, but she's asking, how do I get help for him? And that's through get the Get him peop- out of your house. But block him out. But the people that have been previously <laughs> responsible for him, she's thinking that they missed some mental illness or I something. I just thought of something. When, when David was drinking the first time when you were together, what if you locked him out of the house? What would he have done? Well, I, something he actually gave me his car keys. He said, do not give me the car keys. Whatever you do, don't give me the car keys so I can't go to the bar. And I tried that. Didn't work. <laughs> yeah. You know what yeah, you got to do? You got to do what Tammy in. Wynette did to George Jones. Throw him in the swimming pool. <laughs> Here's a, you know, what, you know what George did? He jumped right in the pool, fully dressed, and drove to the bar. <laughs> That's right. So I teach library staffers. They must deal with opioid overdoses in their restrooms. So, Bob, in your opinion, I'm providing them with Narcan training to give the nasal spray. Yeah, but they need – it's fentanyl, and they need two doses. They need double doses. They also need uh, – he says that I, I discussed – Well, here's, here's – Hang some, on. I discussed the hazmat issues, the need for gloves, mask, and the risk when the person wakes up in withdrawal. But I got to tell some people out there, because we are getting Narcan out in the hands of people, yep. but they shoot the person up with one yep. shot of Narcan, and they don't come to, and they, they go, oh, my God, it didn't work, and they panic, and they don't shoot another one because yep. fentanyl takes – two shots Can, yep. right and there's a lot of people dying because and the people have the second shot they just think oh my god we shot him up it didn't work and they think that if they shoot him up with a second thing of narcan that might be dangerous oh, and geez. so they get no. scared yeah, don't worry about shoot that. him up with as many until they yeah. start breathing yes. <laughs> and initiate cpr yeah all right well that about does it we really appreciate you joining us i mean this oh, is looks like a so fascinating much. book um i i quick read well, a lot, well, lot, lot, lot of, book, a lot of stuff read. going on. It's got pictures in there too. I like that. It does. Yeah, it looks it like it looks like pictures. great history in here too. Yes, yes. But it's it sort of a lot it, about Hollywood and and divorce and relationships. But it's like a, it's a real story between two people. I mean, that's the other thing. Yeah. People want celebrities and, to be somehow different than everybody else. And, and that's, he's a human being. He's a human being. Got a, he's a he's a big one. He's got a big personality and a lot of stuff going on. And my consultation with you is it's in there. In I saw that it in there. It's crazy. Yes. I remember where I was. I was down right under this room when he was standing on the phone underneath <laughs> that's here. That's right. Um, so, anything else? Any website or anything you want to refer people to? Or I well, it's selling on Amazon. You right. know, people want to read it. It's just it's the the new edition. So. I'll be sure to get the new one because there's more information David in there for the investigation. And- so it's, it's sad that we lost him. Yes. It really is. It's sad. Yes. I mean, all this stuff does not have to happen. And, uh, and I, I don't think anybody has to overlay any of this stuff with any degree of shame or guilt. It's just that it's humans have these things and we need to be much more direct and honest and clear and open about all this stuff. So the I Am I Tornado, Dave Carradine, Marina Anderson, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. See you next time. Thank you. All right, that's about it for this episode of This Life. Check us out at KBC, being uh, Lawrence Vaughn, 790 Midday Live Talk Radio, Monday to Friday. You can also tune in every day live via the magic of the internet at kbc.com. If you miss it, we've made it simple for you to find all the shows at drdrew.com, the Adam and Dr. Drew podcast, the Zinc One I Do By Myself, Dr. Drew podcast, This Life, of course, with Bob Swole Patrol, Mike Cantho, and his new health and fitness podcast. You can uh, find us on Twitter at This Life Podcast, at Dr. Drew, Dairy W, at Rehab Bob Forrest, and of course, our lovely producer at First Lady of Love. I think I know who that is. If you love this show, please subscribe and tell a friend. We appreciate it when you do. We'd love to hear your feedback as well. Send us a message. Join the email list at drdrew.com, drdrew.com slash contact. 
You'll also get a weekly uh, email from us on that. Uh, while you're at it, at doctor.com, please support our sponsors by clicking through the banners. We only advertise products that I can get behind. So thank you for supporting them, those that support us. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.